0: Welcome to another episode of the Cupcast Podcast. Uh, We're coming to you after a fairly convincing 4-2 win over Burnley with some comical refereeing, um, which I think we probably saw across a large percentage of the Premier League this weekend. Um, And tonight to discuss that with me and look ahead to Baron in the Champions League, I've got Johnny Henderson in Belfast. Johnny, how are you? I'm very well, Dave. Uh, It was a rather good Sunday, so I'm very well. Yes, it's been very pleasant so far, I must say. Um I've enjoyed the weekend immensely. Sport apart from, well, linesmen at 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 the Erihad Stadium, not being able to see, basically. Um yes, and I've got also um joining me from London, Umar Naz. Ooms, how are you doing tonight?
1: Good, good, yep. Yeah. did not run today, so it's um always lifts the mood. Good.
0: Okay. And Ooms is, is kindly um surrendering, watching her Idol, Mr. Feder,
1: <laughs> I um, can,
0: continue to defy all sorts of um, reasonable logic it was a and.
1: Terrible clash, actually. I didn't know it was happening until this morning, but anyway, it's okay. I'd rather speak to you guys. She oh, lied.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: no, oh, dear. All right. If he goes
2: out. Uh,
0: Put it this way, ums. If he goes out, you'll be watching him lose, and you don't really want that. And if he gets through, you'll be able to see him in the next round. So,
1: see when you put it like that, actually, yeah, not bad.
0: Okay, all right. So, (laughs) on the the football then, ums. We saw a a lineup today. Jurgen Klopp put out at eleven o'clock, and. It was fairly obvious to everyone who was starting that game because I just flicked on Twitter and trending was the word Lalana. So, why? No, me neither. It's a strange one, isn't it? Um, everybody must have been particularly excited, <laughs> um, particularly Dave Karen. Um, so, we saw 4 3 3, see it with the back back four that we expected, um, midfield three of Fabinho Winaldum and and then Lalana, and then the front three, as it were. What do you make of the what do you make of the selection?
1: Well, there was I can't remember which journalist it was now put out a tweet saying, you know, giving the indication that there's going to be a surprise, and that a lot of people are going to be unhappy. Um, and I thought maybe Lovren was coming back because he's um, he's returned to training, but um, your
0: man Dejan.
1: <laughs> oh God, yeah, the perpetually injured Dejan Lovren. But anyway, no, it wasn't him, and it was Lalana, and it was a strange feeling because I was like, why is he starting over Cater again? But Kater's obviously I don't know what he's done, but he's just not getting the chance. And then you had Jurgen say that Lalana was exceptional in training. So could be a little message to maybe other players who maybe aren't trying so hard in training. I don't know that if you do, you know, pull your socks up, you'll get your chance. So maybe that's what it was. I'm not sure if, you know, he was using that to to like I said, send a message. But yeah, there was a complete meltdown on on Twitter and I kind of held my tongue a little bit. I didn't say too much, but I, you know, it was kind of like, you know, Jurgen's having a bit of he's playing with us basically because um he knows that we all want to see Cater and he brings on Lalana, who, you know, is out of favor with the fans, shall we say. But he did so well though, didn't he? He was man of the match and I remember Saying before the match, talking to someone on Twitter, saying you know if he scores a hat trick, that's fine, it doesn't bother me. But you know he did he did everything but really he was lively on the ball. He was a nuisance for the what 60, 70 minutes that he was on. And he yeah, I mean he he was in midfield. I think when he plays up front, it's a different matter. In midfield, he he was a lot better. Um, he was a lot better there. But he was he I think he set up was it the first goal or the second goal? I can't remember or even, maybe both. He was involved in. But he was, you know, just shut everyone up, didn't he? And and um, Jurgen, you know, he was he repaid his faith in him, really, didn't he? And it was uh, it was it was brilliant, you know. We all like to be proved wrong in the end. We all like to say things beforehand, but if 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 a player plays well, it's it's all fine by us. But um, yeah, the, the, the meltdown was funny though. You had people just losing their minds, really, didn't they? People having conspiracy theories about what Cato has actually done to um. Uh, not warrant any start because he was you know he's he's he is our most creative player possibly that's not playing at the moment so when, when we've seen in previous matches when we've needed a little extra we've all been crying out for Cater but Klopp just doesn't doesn't fancy him we were saying similar against Everton and he didn't make it but yeah well Klopp knows best I suppose but it's it was I, I don't know if it was luck or what it was but it, it paid off in the end but um I'm really pleased for him actually so he could be someone that is important in the run in I know that sounds crazy because everyone is just uh, Johnny's tweet made me laugh this morning to someone he'll tell you about it himself when he when you speak to him but you know it's it's nice to see that you've got someone that can actually bring something different to the game. You know, whether he comes on as a sub or whether he plays 60 minutes because he never really plays any more than that, does he? But yeah, it's nice to see um, some of the fans and including us lot. Just you know, you know, he shut everyone up basically, didn't he? Um, but yeah, it was it was good all round performance really. I mean, you know, your our front three were back at, um back on form again. Two goals for Firmino, two for Mane. Salah, although he didn't score, was quite lively, involved in a lot of things. He's not scored for five games in a row now, so that's where it's a little bit concerning. He's it's like I said, he has still been involved today. He was involved in a couple of the goals today. um, Assisted the first one, and then I think the second Mane one or the first Mane one, he he was he was fouled in the box. I think it might have been given as a penalty, but Mane um, finished it off anyway. But he's kind of been a little bit frustrating where he's been misplacing passes and his decision making is always a bit off when it's when it comes to, to maybe picking out a teammate or going for goal or, or a bad touch or whatever it is. But you know, he does seem to be a little bit off the boil. But luckily Mane stepped up into in the last few games to fill that void. So it's been it's not been a huge um kind of miss for us. Um, but it would be nice if he, if he gets back on form. Mane is catching up to his um, 17, I think, goals, is it? I think he's only a single goal behind now.
0: Yep, 16, he's on nine.
1: Could even um, challenge Aguero for the golden boot if he carries on like this, which would be quite funny. <laughs> in um, But yeah, I mean, going a goal down as well early on in the game, it was a freakish goal. Foul on Allison, but the, the referee just didn't... I don't know if you didn't see it or what it was. I don't know what happened. Maybe he was just watching the corner go in. Whatever it was, it was ridiculous. But, you know, it's good the way that we came back and we kept our composure and didn't let anything... We didn't panic, basically, even though it was an early goal. Um, yeah, and it just keeps us in touch with City, which is vital since we play the majority of our games after them now, in, between, in the next kind of eight games or whatever. Eight games are left now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a little fun fact for you: the last time we had seventy-three points after thirty games, the last we've only done it twice, and then we went on to win the title. So there you go.
0: Well, as many of those omens as you can bring <laughs> to the table, I am all ears, all ears. So Johnny, yeah, ums has touched on Burnley's first goal there. I don't really know what I don't really know what else to say other than it, it's fairly inept. Um, officiating, um, I think
2: Allison's fouled by at least
0: two Burnley players. Would you say?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. I think it was just. I mean, goalkeepers nowadays, you breathe on a goalkeeper, you get a free. So you just see it going in, and you're thinking. I suppose in real time you don't really see much, but you you are thinking. Well, Allison's a great goalkeeper, so. If a ball's gone direct into the net from a corner, he's either completely made a hash of it, which would be very unlike him, or he's been fouled. Um, and then I'll be honest, I was I was just furious when I when I seen the replay. It was just incredible. There was there was there was two of them just all over him, literally jumping on him, both hands on his shoulder, pinning him down, and Mariner just being Mariner was obviously just not. Paying attention, linesman's not looking at it. So, yeah, you know, after such a, you just very rarely see that nowadays because if there's anything, anyone jumps into the keeper at all. I think they are even too much on the side of the goalkeepers these days. So to see that was just, I think we were a bit nervous because given what we've seen yesterday with City with an offside goal, potential penalty for Watford, It sort of was starting to feel like, oh, this weekend's going to go that way for us. They're going to get everything. We're going to get nothing. And you know, we've been on our sort of run of games now, where you know, there's just been multiple incidents that that really haven't gone our way. You know, you think of the the Kada penalty against Leicester. Um, is so, just some of the decisions in in, in recent weeks, and that have, haven't gone our way. So, yeah, that was um, it, it. Was just terrible officiating. I know a lot of people have a problem with VAR, especially when it does things like it does in Paris during the week. But um, I think those Premier League referees need all the fucking help they can get, to be frank. So uh, I don't think VAR is a bad thing when you've got people like Andre Mariner and bloody Anthony Taylor running around, fucking things up. (laughs) Yeah, it's a funny one, Johnny.
0: I, I don't know whether I'm for or against it at the moment. Um and this is a whole other debate, but it seems that they can get things equally as badly wrong with the as- assistance of a video replay as well, so they can um, yeah. yeah as was as was evidenced um as was ev- as as was evidenced in Paris during the week you know just one of a number of examples I think we saw a bizarre state of affairs in um in Syria a few weeks ago i think it was was an inter Fiorentina two crazy decisions were reversed after. After video replay, which should never have been reversed, so we'll see. I, 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 I don't think it. I don't think it stamps the problem out. To be honest, I think personally, the, just the, the quality of, of of officiating, both from the linesman and referees, needs to vastly improve at that level of the game. Fortunately, um, it didn't. It didn't quite. It didn't quite hinder us too much. Mane, is, as Oombs has said, there, Johnny, he's he's been he's just been creeping up the scoring charts there now. Sixteen, two behind, two behind the leader, Aguero on eighteen, and he's shown a bit of form in front of goal. And and I think his overall performance today was excellent. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mane's been has been really sort of he's been our leading light, hasn't he, for a while now because. Salah's just not been in the same, you know, he, he hasn't hit the heights from last season, Fir, Firmino has been, you know, he's, he's struggled a bit, he, he's, he's struggled a bit at times, and and the one thing we all say about Mane is, he's always, he, he never hides, and that's what I love about Mane, he never hides, and even if he's having a stinker, even if his, even if his touch is off, um, the thing with Manny is he'll always show for the ball he'll always run on people he'll always be direct he's always trying things he's always doing things um, and I think he's mentally I think Manny's a really strong footballer mentally and we are going to need him um, we are really going to need him in this in this running because he's one of those players that he'll keep he'll keep showing he'll keep he'll keep doing what he does he'll keep trying to commit defenders He'll link the play. Um, he'll, he'll run behind sometimes. He, he, you know, he gives us so much. And I think, you know, I was looking at the stats. I mean, is with, if you take away penalties, he, I think he's, if he's not the top performing forward in the league for goals without penalties, he's very close to it. You know, so he's, he's a massive, massive factor for us. And um, yeah, I mean, the the, the goalie. It was nice the way he, he tucked it away at the end to sort of seal it. Um, but then the, the the other you know the the other sort of mess he had was incredible. But I think Trent zips it across, so he, he was unlucky. He could have had a he could have had another one as well. But uh, his finish for the first goal was was just fantastic. And yes, was- on wasn't it? Ah it was it was beautiful and I, and I can't you know i'm I'm gonna have to talk briefly about Lalana had to wanna because it's referenced it there <laughs> about what we were saying about Lalana, and listen he he done well, he dives in and he blocked it, and he made that goal And I think the thing was before the game, no one can quite understand why Lalana is starting that game when when you've seen the evidence of his Liverpool career. Now of course Klopp comes out and makes a totally reasonable point that he's watching him in training all week and he's been outstanding in training and he really stood out and he wanted to play him and to be honest you can't really argue with that I mean at the end of the day it's Klopp's shout but what what irks me I have to say this what irks me though is there's, well there's a couple of things irk me he wasn't our man of the match today you know he had a really really good game he done really well with that. Block. I know was it Steve McManaman or I, I? don't know who they gave man of the match to. Did they give it to?
0: Lallana?
1: Yeah, they gave it to Lalana. Yeah.
0: Yeah, McManaman yeah, gave it, it to Lalana, which was like weird because Ma- Ma- I think he only plays Ma- seventy minutes as well, doesn't he?
2: Yeah. yeah. And this this is the problem with Lalana. This is what winds me up. Listen, the guy came in. He played very well. He had done very well. He done, he he done really well closing down to make that block for the second goal. But the thing was. He wasn't our best player. He had a very good game. He had a 7 out of 10 game, but it sort of sums up where the the level that Lallana's been at when he's having a 7 out of 10 game and all these, as I like to call them, the super fans on the internet are, I told you, told you, told you. And I was like, no, you told me fucking nothing. He's been below par for four years. He got a 7 out of 10 game. He'd done, he done well today, but he wasn't the pick of the midfield. Fabinho had a, had a much better game. Van Dijk was... Van Dijk was imperious. I think all of her front three, especially the two wide, I think Mane and uh, and Salah had 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 better games. You know, they impacted the game more. He did have a good game, but this is why you get these splits in the fan base where, you know, the echo or whatever will put out now that Lalana was a nine or a ten. He was man of the match. He was no such thing. Um, but listen, I'm not going to be churlish about it. If, if Lalana can uh, bring that level, and he can be that consistent, especially when he comes on as a as a substitute, and and he'll be useful to have. But I think we're all sort of wondering. Um, I don't know if Clap has maybe a pond in his in his garden or something, and maybe Shakiri and Keda have gone on the lash and maybe pissed in his in his pond or something. <laughs> but uh, I I just can't figure out why why they don't get get more game time. What do you know? What do we know? Ips? What do we know?
1: But I think with Lalana, maybe it's because he came back and you know they gave him man of the match. You're right. You know maybe he didn't have the eight or nine out of ten game that everyone's thinking he had, but because he kind came out after so um, so long and he you know he was the unexpected kind of hero. Maybe that's why they gave it to him because we all expect Van Dyke and Fabinho and all the others to have great games, don't we? Maybe I think that was part of it that he did come in after so long and he did really well. That was probably something to do with it.
0: Yeah, I think he's he set the bar relatively low in the last <laughs> in the last 18 to 24 months, let's say. And I am I, I like him as a footballer, but Johnny I hundred percent agree with you. I think he has a good he has a good game, but I don't think it's any more than a good game. He certainly affects the play, high up the pitch. He was neat and tidy, his ball retention was good. I think he was moving the ball quicker than quicker than we're used to seeing him move the ball along. One thing I will say about his performance was I thought sometimes lacking with the front three is their decision making. I thought his decision making was was very very good. But um, Johnny's mentioned a a number of, of good performances. Firmino gets his two goals. He'll probably not score too easier than that against unless well until probably the next time he plays Arsenal. They're two strikers goals really, aren't they? He sniffs them out, he's in the right place at the right time, he tucks them away. Overall, he's slotted back in there after that injury. That that's a that's a, a, a fairly a fairly high end Roberto Firmino performance, I think. And we had a bit of debate last week around the shape and what we might see today, whether it would be the four three three or four three two one. Um and it's kind of, as, as the evidence builds and the games pass by, we've, we've played that fairly consistently over the last six or seven weeks. Um, what did you think of Firmino's performance yourself, and do you expect to see us continue with this shape from now until the end of the season?
1: Well, I guess it depends from game to game. Jürgen, you can never kind of, <laughs> only a four is going to second guess what Jürgen Klopp's going to do. I mean, there are some things that obviously aren't going to change in the team, but um, yeah, Firmino he did have a really good game today. He kind of looked back to normal, whereas he's he, he was out for a few what was it a couple of games, two games? I can't remember. But he um he's been a bit below what he's le- the level that he set as well. I mean he's had games where he's been completely I've had to you know is Firmino on the pitch kind of games he's had those as well. Um, so yeah, he had a, a really good game today. Those two goals that he had, like you said poachers goals let's say um, I mean the second one even the Mo Salah was had the ball and you thought oh you know he's gonna he's gonna do something with it himself um I think he, he was tackled at is it, was it tackled at the last minute um but he you know Firmino again was there making the runs at the, he was there at the right place he does that a lot you you think that the ball's dead and he's just popping up from behind you know bombing from midfield or wherever it is he's, he was previously um so, yeah, that's the kind of Roberto Firmino that we've been accustomed to. And when he doesn't have those kinds of games, you know, it's easy for us to then say, oh, you know, he's had a poor game, um, which might not not necessarily be the case. It's just that it's not his usual, the way that we're used to seeing him now. And and these three, the Mane, Salah and Firmino, have set themselves such ludicrously high standards from last season that we are just, we, we, were, we just were spoiled, weren't we? And then... I mean, my husband was saying to me, "You're always having a go at Salah." Because I'm like, "Oh my god, he's giving the ball away. What's he doing? Shouting at the TV? You know, his decision decision making is was questionable again at times today. But even despite that, he had quite a good game himself. Um, he was a nuisance. He was making chances for the others, even though he wasn't scoring himself. So it's just that we, like I said, we're used to them doing so so much more. That it it just it's kind of annoying when they when they don't have that level all the time and yeah hopefully we'll see this for for the next eight games now as well and and Mo can can chip in as well because Mane's doing you know he's doing brilliantly as well so hopefully the the three are back to back to their somewhat best anyway I'm not going to say they're going to be blasting teams away like they were last season but hopefully scoring a few more goals and and um making us smile a bit more.
0: Yeah, um, and I think similar to what, what we were saying about Lilana, where people are, are gushing over his performance because it, it, well he it, it set the bar relatively low. Um, the opposite with those three guys, where they set the bar so high last season. Um, we're expecting phenomenal performances week in, week out. It's 91 goals between them last, last season. That's an absolutely outrageous number of goals. But Johnny, do you think... Firmino gets gets a bit lost when we play that other shape with Salah through the middle.
2: And do you think it do you think the four three three significantly suits him better? I do, to be honest. I mean, I can see results were so good playing Salah down the middle, and obviously club was trying something different as well with, with teams maybe cutting on to Salah a bit. And I could see, you know, the intention of it was just the balance of the team as well, where you know, Firmino then is in a position where he can drop a bit deeper, and he's, um, but he he does thrive in that position in the middle of the of, of the three. You know, because he picks it when he gets into that pocket, and he and he's got both players going wide of him. It was, I think, there was real signs for him today. He, you know, I, I would say probably the big change with Firmino this season is. Is way to pass and things like that at times just haven't been as as bang on. I mean, last season, sometimes we, you know, as you say, Dave, they scored a ridiculous amount of goals and a large amount and a large factor in that was in the sort of situations where we won the ball and we were turning and we transition quickly. Firmino's pass so many times last season it was just absolutely. Perfect, and there was a couple of times in that second half where he really looked on it. There was the one, the one he played to Trent just before with the one that Manny hit the bar with, and um, from a couple of yards when Trent stepped it across. I thought that was, you know, that was a real example of Firmino when he's really on song. He picked it up, he turned his way to pass, and the Trent was just absolutely perfect, you know. And um, but but I do, it, it's a conundrum. It is a conundrum because you can see what Klopp's trying to do but you, you get the feeling though that a more conventional sort of number 10 player um, might might be better Dave, I think he enjoys being the, the focal point of the attack a lot better to be honest and uh, you know his goals show that he, that he was in the right place at the right time so he can, he, he can sort of sniff out those those, those those simple goals at times as well you know we've seen him do those we know what happens a few times now. But um, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's, you know, Klopp's Klopp's tried to give us more control and more... um, I think there's been a very definite shift this season to try and make us more solid defensively, to have games that are less helter-skelter. And Klopp's seen playing Salah central and Firmino and that central supporting role is key to having control of games. So um, I don't by any means think that it's the last of it. I think you could well see Salah central again in Europe during the week against Bayern. But um, he was excellent today. He was excellent. It was really good to see him in that that type of form.
0: I think so. Um, I agree. Uh, I think he thrives on that additional additional space he has um, and the freedom that he has when he when he's playing centrally as the focal point, so to speak. And yeah, you're right. That that pass, he seems to have mastered that that lovely weighted pass inside the full back. The greatest pass in football, in my opinion. Um and I think, you know, we did it two or three times against against Watford the other week as well, where he feeds Trent in down down the right hand side and he's overlapping and uh, and we all know the, the quality of, of Trent's delivery, which probably wasn't quite on the money yeah. today. It was um, a better
2: off. It was a better off. It was a bit off, wasn't it, by his normal signs? But I think you're right, Dave. That is the killer pass. You get that pass right more more often than not. You're going to be right in on goal. You're either having a shot or you're, or you're setting up a tap on, aren't you? you yeah, that I th- pass right.
0: absolutely. I think you saw, saw Dusan Taddex during the week at the Burnabout show a masterclass of it. I think he must have played that pass five or six times and absolutely yeah. tore tore Madrid apart which just while we we're on the subject wasn't it awfully funny watching Sergio Ramos sit in the stand after getting intentionally suspended and see Hilarious. his team get, and see his team get ripped asunder um it, it really really did brighten up my entire midweek um so yes yeah it was it was just really nice I'm gonna be honest guys just just I've just had a really nice weekend Of have Saying to you earlier, watching watched Everton fan absolutely lose his shit in the bar on Saturday when when um, when Newcastle scored two goals in, in ten minutes to to lead three two. I watched Ireland win, I watched United lose, and bar some questionable officiating at the Etihad, it could almost have been a perfect sporting weekend. And obviously, if if Roger wins later on, Umaira, so. Um, He's
1: five one up in the first set, so. Oh,
0: well, they are. I told you it'll be over in about a half an hour, <laughs> you know. Um, so, it's a good, solid performance. I think we make loads of chances. Mane has the one that hits the bar. Um, Salah should maybe get a couple. I mean, w- Wijnaldum has a header. He doesn't quite get on the end off from a really good Robertson cross and but we do concede two goals yeah granted the first one not really i'm not gonna i'm, I'm just, actually i'm just decided i'm just not gonna count it i'm just <laughs> not gonna i'm just not gonna count it but the set the second goal um that we concede um it's not great and it's not a great time to concede it you know robertson i think is probably caught out a little bit also people have questioned Allison should he have done better i don't know what do you think is there cause for concern there or is it just one of them. The the first goal,
1: like you said, I mean, although we love to see errors, say we don't count it, it did count. <laughs> but um, as as soon as he hit the corner, it and I, I said to my son, I said, "It's going in," and it went straight. And I didn't realize it was going to go straight in. But anyway, it was one of those freaky ones, you know, Jurgen and the wind. Maybe that was it. That was um the wind's way of <laughs> of getting Jurgen back. But um, the, the, the last one, I mean, it was a really bad time to concede. It was We were 3-1 at the time and then it becomes 3-2 and I was crapping myself that we were going to concede another one because um, I thought they're going to just going to pressure us for the next two or three minutes or whatever was left because you've got to add on what 30, 40, whatever seconds they add on for the celebration and all that. So. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, they're going to just go for it. And, you know, it's, it takes one small like, lapse in concentration for, for you know, what if they equalize? Oh, my God. And all these things. That, but then obviously, it didn't, nothing came of it because um, Sturridge with his fine pass to Mane, I don't have to mention that, um, it put Mane straight through and then he scored. But, that, you know, but it wasn't, I don't think it's a huge cause for concern because. I suppose all's all's well that ends well, but it was. I think we just switched off. I thought maybe we thought it was it was done and dusted, and but there was still a few more minutes to go, and you know we could do without switching off um, that late on in the game because you know, or maybe switch off if you really want to switch off in the last ten seconds when there's no more time to to concede anymore. But yeah, having to then deal with the next few minutes is. Um, is always a bit tricky. I mean, whereas what last couple of years ago it would have been panic stations because we do did do normally we used to panic when we used to concede, but it's not kind of the case anymore with the change in personnel and kind of just a bit more st- stability at the back anyway. So I'm not hugely concerned, but it's always it, I mean it's it's nice to to concede as few as possible. Let's put it that way. So um, hopefully we can keep it to a minimum in the next eight games.
0: Yes, I've I've become quite fond of not conceding goals because it's not something that I'm really familiar with over over recent years. So I've welcomed it with open arms and it was strange (laughs) to see that sort of lapse in concentration, as you put it. And it was a bit of a lapse in concentration, um, particularly at, at that point of the game, because I think we've been very, very good at managing games out. Um, this year it, it, it's one thing that I think we've improved massively on um, which has certainly helped us push this way push, push the team this far Johnny it's as Amara said earlier it's, it's 73 points after 30 matches it's a phenomenal number of points on the board it's more already with 8 games to go than a lot of seasons a lot of full seasons we've posted we've got Fulham next and then I think we have a I think we've a run of, of three, I think, probably defining games. In Spurs at home, Southampton away and and Chelsea at home. Um, Southampton seem to have been reinvigorated. I do, well, I don't think it would have been difficult to be invigorated after Mark Hughes left. I think probably Coco the Clown could have come in and reinvigorated the team after Mark Hughes has had <laughs> his hands on them. <laughs> Fulham, let's be honest, we expect to go there and we expect to win the game. They've had three managers this year. It's all a bit of a farce. They've binned off all their players. They've got them promoted and signed a whole pile of boys who just haven't done the business at all. They've signed millions and millions of players and no really good defenders. And that shows in the fact that they just concede millions and millions of goals. So those three games, Johnny, is that
2: yeah.
0: is that going to make or break us this season, do you think?
2: Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, it'll break us if we... Don't win, and City clock up the points because I think we're all agreed that uh, you know one more, one more sort of slip up <clears throat> at this point it almost feels fatal. I mean, it's it's the the standard is so 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 high, and I mean you you made the point there about the points total, Dave. It is extraordinary. I mean, we years gone by, we we were always sort of looking to build as a club, and we always talked about didn't we we always used to say. Get to two points a game, get your seventy-six points, and you can get into the Champions League. You know that was what we used to talk about, wasn't it? Um, and now you're in this position where, you know, with with you know with with, with eight games to go, we've already basically you know, we're sitting with seventy-three points. You know, only the eight, you know the eighty-seven, eight, eighty-eight team, which were a legendary team. Many consider them the greatest Liverpool team, certainly to watch. Uh, of all time, and we're we're sitting level with what they were doing at this point, so I think in front of us at the minute, we sometimes take it for granted that this team are doing extraordinary things at the minute, they're performing at an extraordinary level, and because of the modern social media age, where a couple of draws is, you know, a, a turn for everyone to have a bit of banter about, you know, bottling it, and all this nonsense and drivel that gets talked about, I think you know, it's easy to forget how, how outstanding we've been um, and how consistent we've been. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, these games now feel defining. I mean, I think when you look at City's games and our games, this is a spell now where you sort of look at it and it makes you a wee bit nervous because, you know, we've got to go to Fulham, which is good. It's good that we have that game because you're dead right. They are primed for us. They, they cannot defend. They they don't know how to set up and defend. Um they've, they've shipped goals all season. And it's an opportunity for us to... We, we've been struggling on the road to score goals recently. I think that's been a bit of a, a theme for us. You know, we've, we've, we've just not been as uh, as clinical. So, you know, the Everton game, the United game, we we're very blunt. We didn't, we didn't create an awful lot. It's a chance to go away from home down to London, rattling a few goals, go top of the league. Um, But absolutely, Southampton... Yeah, a much, much, much improved team. That's going to be really tough. I know, Dave, we're going to be across at Anfield for the uh, the Tottenham game. And, and, you know, that those two games feel massive. They they, they absolutely feel y- huge because I think City's next games, are they're a way to Fulham as well. You know, like us, you'd expect them to absolutely pummel them. And I think they've got then a home game with Cardiff, which is another... You know, it looks like an absolute shoe in. So, if we are still in a good position after those games, and if we can take maximum points, you know, that, then you're sort of talking about, you know, City start to have a couple of tough games themselves. They've got to go to United. Obviously, that's the one we're pinning our hopes on. That was a good result today with United losing. We, we, we could really do with United desperately needing a win for Champions League. They've still got to play Spurs as well, same as us. So that's a banana skin. They've got to go to Palace. Are the type of team that they've sometimes struggled against. So, yeah, I know it, it, it. does feel defining, Dave. I think if we're, you know, if we're ahead or right on their tails after those set of games, uh, I think we've got a great chance. I really do. I think we've got a fantastic chance of getting over the line.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And I'm, I'm just going to get in my soapbox here for a minute with regards to the term bottlers or bottling or bottle or any sort of receptacle, um, that it's it's a soundbite, and I don't agree with it being used at all, and it's basically a modern-day argument for any team that fails after showing promise. And I personally feel it's a juvenile, it's narrow-minded, it's a one-dimensional argument, it provides absolutely no context, it requires no thought no intelligence or even any general understanding of the game itself or even team sport in general I can understand maybe one individual maybe not having the mental resilience for example Umar you'll be able to tell me better than this who was that girl who just broke down in a Wimbledon final a few years ago was it Kerber or was it Kerber she was playing
1: what, the one who actually started crying on the... Yeah, yeah. Lissicky. Is that who
0: it was? Sabine yeah. So, Lissicky, yeah. Yeah, so that that's something that, that I can understand, but this term can't be thrown at, thrown at a, a team, a group of, of 18, 20 players. Well, maybe unless you're, you're Paris Saint-Germain. But anyway, that's me off my soapbox. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, talking about City, I'd just like to... Prefix this by saying that anything to follow in the conversation in the next ten minutes should be um, forwarded by the term allegedly. Manchester City have been subject of a third now investigation into financial fair play. Um, there are somewhat some what seven million documents which have been passed to UEFA. From I believe a Portuguese whistleblower. Um, God bless him. And and Omar, where do you stand on this? Um, And if so, what do you think will be done, if anything?
1: (laughs) Sorry, is this Portuguese whistleblower (laughs) Mourinho? Um, I would,
0: I would love that, but I don't <laughs> think so. No.
1: Okay. All right. Then. Um, uh, what unless it gonna... was,
0: unless it was self-serving, and it no longer is, so it probably wasn't him. Yeah, that's
1: true. Um, what do I think is going to happen? Probably nothing. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, uh, with regards to the Premier League, there, there's talk of maybe points being deducted and things like that. I just I just can't see it happening I I don't know I don't think the the FA definitely I don't think have the balls to do anything I'm not sure how UEFA are going to respond to it or maybe they might do something differently uh, whether that's I don't know if if it will even get to that point maybe if they're banned or whatever it is from the competition or I honestly don't know what the um, outcomes could be so if you can enlighten me maybe you can but these are the kinds of things I've heard I just I don't know. I've just not got that much faith in the system that they're going to do the whole thing justice. I mean, we all know that there's dodgy stuff going on at City, but it's just the fact that to take them on is is the different is the thing. Is that are they going to do that? I just don't see it. You know, maybe that's just me being cynical. Hopefully, they they will do something and we'll we'll see that. You know, no, these guys are really are going to be held accountable. But it's just that when they've got such rich owners with such a lot of money, you just do think. Corruption is just going to kind of extend towards that as well. So it's I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I it, I really wouldn't want to see them deducted points because I I wouldn't want to win the league that way. And I don't know if people would agree with me. Um, it just wouldn't feel right. Um, and I've read some people saying we don't give a shit. You know, it would actually be quite funny, but it just wouldn't it it wouldn't feel like we'd won it then. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I would like to think that they'd they'd do the right thing and, and, you know, justice would kind of prevail. But I don't think so. I think they'll get away with it, probably with some stupid, shitty fine or something like that, which is peanuts to them. Okay,
0: Um, I'm kind of with you. I kind of if if we're going to win it, I kind of want to do it outright. It'll just feel a lot sweeter that way. But Johnny, what's your take on the whole Investigation. Um, obviously, you know UEFA are investigating that they can put their own um, sanctions in place with regards to UEFA competitions, so Champions League, etc. Um, the FA would need to step in and impose any sanctions um, from a domestic perspective. But what's what's your opinion? What do you know? Do you know anything? Probably not. <laughs> do you know anything? No, probably not. <laughs> just, in gen, just in general, do you know anything in general? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's all it's all very much it's it's hearsay and it's rumor and conjecture and speculation. Yeah. But, but but what is your take on on the whole scenario? Because I think you know it's it's not outlandish to think that this type of thing could be going on at a football club like Manchester City.
2: Yeah, well, well, listen, I absolutely hate everything Man City stand for, and that's not a slight on people who've supported Man City going way back through the years. This has nothing to do with them, but, you know, Man City, um, ever since they got the city of Manchester Stadium just basically handed to them – they, they're they they're just like another Chelsea, you know. They're a lottery winner club, and I despise and and, and think, I'm not going to hold back on this. I absolutely despise a ring city, um, stand for right now. I mean, they're being used by a you know, a vile murderous regime to basically launder their 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 image. You know, they use Man City as 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 an image laundering. I think there's you know there's been a lot of there's been books written on the subject. That's what they're doing. They're trying to make themselves appear human and, uh, you know, with it and the sporting sense. And we're part of a football club and we're a force for good and all this here. And listen, there's no doubt. Have they invested a load of money in that area of Manchester and done all these things in that area? Yes. Yes. Of course they have. Um, But it doesn't cover up, you know, what those, those people are. And, They've they've used city for their own ends, and there's no doubt in my mind as well. They use they use city for, <laughs> you know, image laundering, money laundering, whatever you know, whatever you you want to level at them. They they they're not adhering to the rules. They've. I suppose back in the day, if you go back to the days like Black when Blackburn, uh, when it was like small potatoes at that time, when a rich benefactor came along, you know it was Jack Walker, local man at Blackburn. He had a steel business and he he pumped money, in at the time that was unprecedented. They went and signed Shearers and Suttons and Sherwoods and Stuart Ripley's and all the Colin Hendries and all these players, and they and they went and won the league and. This is then after Abramovich, it went to a completely nuclear level, then you know. Yeah, and uh, let's
0: uh let's just be clear as well, Johnny. Liverpool, Liverpool benefited from from the Moors pools money as well back in the day, and that that's something yeah. that that helped that helped set this club um to where they are yeah. now.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're you're you're, you're right. Uh, I, I think that you know, money's always had a part of playing football, but the levels of money that just came in um Abramovich and, you know, the, the oil money, as it's called, you know, there's no doubt that the oil money's come in. And to their credit, governing bodies have tried to tackle it by, you know, putting in place f- financial fair play. We all laugh at that term because we think it's been totally... You know, there's been flagrant abuse of that. When you look at PSG, you look at City in particular, you know, with everything that's gone on with Abramovich, with his sort of passport situation and getting his visa, he's now, you know, seemingly throwing the head up. And, and you know, Chelsea have got a transfer ban for for different reasons. But, now listen, listen, um, City, it's very, very obvious if you've read, and I have read a fair amount of the Der Spiegel stuff about them. And I think what's probably made this one very interesting is it was how... How arrogant and cocky they were about absolutely dismissing the governing bodies. And, you know, the documents really show utter contempt for the governing bodies. And I think they showed such a degree of contempt and um, that actually, I think the governing bodies were probably compelled to act because of how they went about it. Um, when you when you read those emails, and, and and basically they boasted about how they got around it. So it is interesting that you've got so many, and there is a there is a thread on Twitter as well, for people that maybe aren't as clued in on this. There's a guy, Mo Chatra. Um, I don't know if you guys have read it, but Mo Chatra done a, a thread on Twitter around it, and it is very interesting. And you do read the thread, and you do take a step back, and you do think that maybe – there may be sanctions. Listen, I don't think they'll get docked points this season. I wouldn't rule out points being docked. Maybe for a future season. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out a number of things. I wouldn't rule out transfer window bans. I wouldn't rule out um, potential expulsion from the Champions League. You know, there's there's so much evidence there. I think it's going to be something that's going to really impact City. I don't think you have all these governing bodies. Uh, clubbing together and doing an investigation for all of them to go, yes, we've read these 7 million documents with all this evidence that's already out in the public domain and we've decided they don't have a case to answer. I think all four of them would look absolutely ludicrous if that's the case. So I do think it's going to be a massive story in football eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't care if they were dock points and we won the league this season. <laughs> i take it. But uh, I, like you guys, I'd probably rather do it. I'd rather beat them knowing that they've cheated anyway which they have cheated you know they're pumping money in that they don't have they're buying players they're not adhering to the regulations but I'd rather beat them despite their cheating because as you say Dave that would make it all the all the sweeter sorry for the long rambling sort of answer there but yeah that's my thoughts on it no very interesting Johnny very interesting because
0: to be honest I I haven't I haven't looked into it in a great deal Um, I know what I've seen because it's been thrust in front of me um yeah, i i haven't I haven't really gone out of my way to to educate myself on the matter. Um, but as far as financial fair play goes, um, I understand it, it. It's there to primarily, you know, restrict clubs from from spending their way into into the state that, for example, you know Leeds find themselves in, um, Blackpool currently find themselves in, but. There's an argument to say why shouldn't an owner be allowed to put as much of their own money into a club as 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 they want, and that that argument will rumble on as as this this case with City will no doubt rumble on. But at the same time, if one club is adhering to those rules or a number of clubs are adhering to those rules, and another club isn't, then it's not a level playing field, um, and that is the fact of the matter. Um, but anyhow. Um, that's enough about what City have allegedly been up to. Booms, um, Wednesday night, big night, off to Munich, second leg. It's nil nil. Bayern have found a bit of form recently. They've they've just gone top of the league on goal difference after a a, a, a very impressive six nil win at the weekend. But there's a, a bit of a there's a bit of a a side story going on here with regards to the Hummels, Boateng and, and Müller all being now, for want of a better term, ex- expelled um, from the German national team, which it seems hasn't gone down very well at all um, with the individual players and, and some of their, their teammates. Um, they're missing Joshua Kimmich. Um, they're also missing Müller. And we have the best centre-back in the world. Um, available for selection so what do you expect to see at Barron we kind of blew teams away last year in the Champions League and it hasn't really happened up to this point what type of side do you expect to see and what do you hope from that setup
1: yeah away form hasn't been great especially in the Champions League so that's a bit worrying but I mean obviously the team the front three and the back five all are going to be the same aren't they it's just the where he picks in the middle now who does he go for does he go for it? Henderson, Milner uh, Kato? we've known isn't going <laughs> to I doubt going to be anywhere near the team but not at the start anyway I'll be surprised but you never know we just don't know what Klopp's going to do so yeah I think the, any questions are in midfield really but look if, if you'd have said to me before the first leg that we'd keep a clean sheet I'd be happy with that considering where we were we didn't have Van Dyke. Um, so that was a good thing. Um, that was a positive for me because now if we score it, we'll have the advantage. We just need a score, draw, we'll have an away goal. I'd like to think it was 50 50, but obviously, with our poor kind of away form, it's not maybe more of a 60 40. But I, you know, we could get, a, like I said, I could get a draw and we could, and, and that would be enough. Um, but yeah, we do need to go for it because because we do need to score. I'm not sure what their their lineup's going to be. Uh, you know, you've mentioned that they're missing is it the right back Kimmich, Kimmich?
0: Yeah, um, Kimmich we'll just is dis- Yeah, no, you're okay. absolutely right. Kimmich
1: yeah, is suspended. So, yeah, so he obviously is going to be a big miss for him so maybe, you know, Jurgen will try to exploit that potential weakness. I don't know if they've got an, an equally brilliant backup coming in or not,
0: but um, I think Johnny will am I
2: right in saying it'll probably be Rafinha at right back. Yeah, um, he'd be, he'd be expected to come in there and who's okay. okay. not anywhere near the level of Kimich.
0: No, and <laughs> and to good be good. honest, yeah, and to be honest, there, there's there's few that are. Let's let's be fair. So yeah, um, please Absolutely. please please carry on.
1: Yeah, so you know, if if that's the case, then brilliant. Then I'm sure that Jurgen will look at that right side um, as a, a potential kind of way through toward their goal. I mean. They had Noya back last time, didn't they? He, he, there was a doubt for him that that he might be injured, but he he was back as well. So, you know, their their team pretty much stays the same apart from that. I think um, I really obviously we're going to have to go for it. It's just like a one-off cup final, isn't it for us now? If we, we there's no other 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 way for us to, to approach this now because the first leg's done and dusted. A clean sheet was, I think, was a really good result for us, even though we would have liked to have scored. It didn't happen. You know, now now it's just a one-off game. Yeah, it's a way. That's the only only other thing I can think of. But you know what? It's given me hope. If Ajax can do it at Real Madrid and if Man United can do it at PSG, then we can do it at Bayern.
0: I completely agree with that. So, Umar is cautious, cautiously optimistic, shall we say, Johnny. And she raises a good point about the lineup. Um The back four will likely be as it was. The front three will almost certainly be as it is, barring any last-minute muscle strains or illness, etc., it struck me today that Henderson and Milner both didn't start. Are you expecting them to start on Wednesday night? Mm. True to true to Klopp's form, oh, away in Europe, <laughs> yeah. away in away in big games. Um, this is the standard mid three, and it you know generally it's 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 Henderson and Milner who he does try to get on the pitch for these sorts of games. And the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is it's a. It's a difficult situation for Bayern to be in. I think interesting to see how they're going to approach the game, given that the first leg was nil nil. There's always a little bit of trepidation about a second leg at home when the when when you don't have an away goal.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, wasn't the worst result in the world for us? I, I think what, what what sort of and it's probably it's probably reflective of where we're seen in Europe given our form this season and what we done last season, especially beating City five one over two legs last season. I mean the amount of respect that um that Bayern gave us in that first leg took me by surprise to be honest. I, I mean I knew they weren't going to be gung ho by Bayern are are very, very streetwise. They've got so many experienced players that have been there, done that, won Champions Leagues, won multiple titles, um, you know, one international Titles and for their national teams, so I think there was never any sort of there was we weren't under any illusions that they would come downfield and be open up, but they were so so cautious, you know. And when you have players like Kimmich and you've seen him so rarely getting forward, um, and and they were so conservative, they really were really trying to nullify us. And I think it's a it's a fascinating game, isn't it? Because You look at them at home, and they're going to have to in the Allianz Arena. Bayern at home, needing to win the game to go through. You're you're going to expect them to really be pumped up. The crowd's going to be pumped up. Klopp's a big, big sort of rival of them from his time at Dortmund. There's massive interest in this game. Bayern are going to be up for it. There's no doubt this will be their biggest game of the season so far. They're on the crest of a wave. They've had a huge win at the weekend again, 6-0. They're now top. On goal difference from what looked like, you know, they looked like they were they were out of it, you know a month ago. So it's going to be hard. Um, it's going to be a tough game, but we're in with a great shot. Um, I mean, I, I will say, midfield makes me nervous. You are alluding, Dave, to the classic Klopp conservatism, and it has not worked. We need to be clear on this. Those player, that personnel, for the last sort of. You know, four or five European away games has not worked. It didn't work in Paris. It didn't work in Naples. It didn't work in Red Star. It didn't work away to Roma. And if we want to be really harsh, it didn't work in the you know in, in Kiev either. Although the circumstances were a bit crazy, so I hope. That Klopp will be braver. I think he's been a- away from home. I think generally, never mind Europe. He's been a little bit too conservative with his midfield. He's gone for brawn over brains and guile. And I would really like to see um, Naby Keita starting. You know, I want to see Fabinho there by all means. I want to see Wijnaldum, um, because he's been you know our most consistent there they've been probably our two standout but we need they are going to shine they'll be they'll be all over our from three we are going to need that little spark from midfield and someone who can break lines someone who can create that little bit of something to get that away goal and henderson milner they're good pros they've done a great job for a lot of the, the time the clubs called on them but if we really want you know, part of me thinks he might just set them up and we might just see how the game goes. You know, we might see how the game goes. Maybe we nick a goal uh, from the front three and he might introduce Keita afterwards. But I'd be nervous if that was the midfield. I don't know what your thoughts are, Dave, but I'd, I'd be nervous. Or, um, I don't know. I just think we, we need a wee bit of guile in there. Away goals are what's going to kill this tie. And we need to have someone on the pitch to get them.
1: Keita will know a bit about Bayern as well wouldn't he obviously because he's um, played in that league Yeah. so that exactly. would be an interesting choice I mean if he brings him on after 60 minutes that's fine but he doesn't do that either that's the thing I mean if, if you were he, like you said if he wants to start with that lineup, fine but he's sometimes reluctant to make changes or he makes them a little bit too late that's the only thing
2: yeah absolutely I'd agree with
0: that I'd agree with that I think his subs generally this year have been quite good um, I think you know, obviously, Old Trafford, there's, there's, there's low, we could, we could sit here and talk until, until, um, and
1: Everton, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you're probably, yeah, you're right. We could probably sit here and talk, talk until the next round of the Champions League about this, um, and debate it over and over and around and around. But what, what do I think, Johnny? I think that, well, look, I think, I think you can, you can only look at, you can only, you can only look at past history. The evidence suggests that with Milner and Henderson not starting today, um, I think we see both of them and one other. Um, I would be surprised if he did what he did at Old Trafford and, and throws Milner in it right back. That would shock me because I think it was patently oh, no, obvious. Please, no. Yeah, I think it was patently obvious that, that didn't really work. And then the, the game that Trent had, you know, after that um, highlighted all his qualities and, and all Milner's limitations in that position. But I personally. Whether you like it or not, um, I expect both Henderson and and Milner to start with another one, and I would presume that that one will probably be Fabinho.
1: Wijnaldum, he took Wijnaldum off, didn't he, at about sixty minutes, sixty five minutes today? So that might have been an indicator.
0: Yeah, that that's another good point. So, you know, I don't know. I think I think it's 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 three of those four. I'm fairly sure. Um, and I'm. I don't,
1: n- I don't think a, Fabinho should lose his place. I think he's just too good at the moment. i do not see I, why.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I just think Jordan Henderson will, will almost certainly start. Um, yeah, almost.
1: M- yeah, Milner shouldn't then.
0: Milner would would be the if 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 you were going to tell me only one of them was going to play, I, I would certainly Neil McCullough's to the maths and say it would be Jordan Henderson. Um, mm. And as I say, that that's just just on the manager's um, just on the manager's previous previous form but it's going to be a difficult game I think it's going to be a difficult game I think it's a game that's going to have to be managed within itself Um, and as I said earlier that's something we have got got fairly fairly good at over the last the last season so I don't really have anything else other than a whole pile of nervous tension to release after earlier on um, especially after the the early the early goal. So, is there anything that you would like to discuss before we wrap things
2: up? No, there's nothing else for me. <laughs> I think it's uh, you know it's an exciting time though. You know, I think sometimes we you know there's, there's people giving out because those two away games were poor at Everton and United and that. But let's look where we're at. We're one point off the one point off the league with. Eight games to go against a team we were about bloody 30 points behind last season. We're going to Munich to play for a place in the Champions League quarters. Um, it's a good time to be a Liverpool fan. Let's enjoy it and let's get behind the boys. That's all I'd say.
1: Yeah, and all these results during in the midweek, like I mentioned before, the results in the Champions League, the unexpected ones, just give me a lot more hope with the Liverpool against Bayern now. You just never know.
0: All right, perfect. Well, folks, for all of you listening... If any of you are listening, that's what's called perspective, um, and we could probably see a lot more of it in social media if we'd really like to. But that's it from us. We'll, we'll I'm sure we'll speak to you after Bayern provided that um, we haven't lost someone in the Brazilian rainforest somewhere. Um, so, on that <laughs> note, up the hungry chasing reds.